more involved than we want to go through. So if, if I'm not lagging sound-wise, then I will just make it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Rad Religion Broadcasting premiere podcast, Damn You Hollywood, and here's your host, Robert Winfrey, yay! And here's your host, Robert Winfrey, yay! Yay! And here's your host, Amber <laughs> Teasley. Hey, yay! yay! Uh, it's a good night to have technical difficulties. Tommy, can you hear me? All right, folks. Well, until Robert <laughs> figures out what is wrong with his camera, his microphone, and his glavin, we're going to keep going here. Uh, joining me to discuss Jurassic World Dominion, are the Teasley? I'm going to apologize off the bat. For oh my God! Not being. <laughs> Go ahead. One more time. <laughs> Joining me to discuss Jurassic. There he goes. There Jurassic goes. World Dominion. Are the Teasleys? Velocipaster, <laughs> my good friend, Velocipaster, and Amber. How you doing, Amber? I'm great. How are you? Uh, so far, we're doing really well here. <laughs> um, Is it hotter and crap there? Because it's hotter in the gates of hell here. So yeah, it was it was pretty hot and steamy these past couple of days. Nobody was comfortable here in Florida. Absolutely nobody. Speaking of uncomfortable, Jason, um, I understand dragged you here against your will. So are you an actual like Jurassic Park fan or like what's your deal here? Hold on, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> yes, Velocipaster. First off, what a tay. What? <laughs> what a tay. What a tay. I well, did I, not drag, I drag her He doesn't anywhere. force me to do anything, and there's no way in heck he could ever force me to do anything because mm -hmm. I am very independent. Yes, <laughs> so I do what I want to do. So he could never force me to do anything. I'm not afraid of him. <laughs> okay. He's, well, afraid, he's afraid of me. <laughs> fair enough. So, all right. So let, let let's talk turkey here. Are you like a big Jurassic Park fan, or are you more of a fan of the Jurassic World, uh, more recent trilogies? Um, like, what made you decide to come on the podcast tonight and have to experience Robert and I's negativity yet again? I have watched. Hang on, it before from the original. Am I coming through? I can hear your audio. Sure. Can anybody hear me? Yes, we can hear you. I'll have to step up us? from before. Okay. I, can, I could hear you. The whole time. Mm hmm Okay, you were just having difficulty 
Okay. <laughs> Alright, while you while you figure stuff out, go ahead. It is Amber. a bit You're wonky saying... at the moment, so we're we're gonna muddle through this. this yeah, is, I've this watched Jurassic do. Park since the get go. So I've watched mm -hmm. all of them. I've seen every one of them a million times. I've probably watched the original Which, a gazillion times. Of so, the now of the now six movies, six movies proper. Which one's your favorite? I'm gonna have to go cliche and go with the original because it's that first okay. experience Let's... with the dinosaurs and you know the sure. first look for everybody. All the you know Alan Grant and the first experience. Yeah, well, without without the, the first one, we wouldn't have any of it. And it was, mm -mm. yeah, for most people, I think that first experience with Jurassic Park and, and you know the. CGI dinosaurs and how realistic they looked and all of that. Uh, it was magical. What about you, Jason? You know, you uh, you sent me your laundry list of film requests for the year, like way back in January of '09, and, and, um, <laughs> and you're like, I got to be on the Jurassic World. You didn't have a whole lot to say about Top Gun. You're like, I loved it, and I'm like, all right, anything else, Jason? No. Well, yeah, a little bit well, more to say tonight about the Jurassic Park series. Well, I was Iceman's voice box in in Top Gun, so tonight I'll have a lot more to say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I I was late to the party on Jurassic Park and the films. Uh, I'm more of the Jurassic World because uh, I've only mm -hmm. seen the first two original. I've never seen Jurassic Park three, so I'm not more toward, I'm more toward the Jurassic World, uh, and you know, it's something that me and Amber got to experience together. So it's one of those things that you know we it's a shared thing that we do. We went and seen, we've went and seen all of them in theaters together. I believe that they've all came mm -hmm. out since we've been together. So, uh, and I've watched her cry as a brontosaurus dies and everything uh, in part two on the volcanic island. So it, it's one of those things that I like. Uh, I'm a boy. I grew up um, when I was younger. I always wanted to be a paleontologist for some reason. Don't really? know why. Yeah, uh, don't know why. You know. All the way up to like I was sixth, seventh grade, mm -hmm. uh, I was I was really looking into wanting to grow up to be a paleontologist. I, I can't explain. I can't explain that for any reason beyond that. I'm a boy that and dinosaurs are cool. Yeah, well, that that is certainly what has lended the series to the billions and billions of dollars that this thing has made. Is boys like dinosaurs? Um, I was just so this past week leading into Jurassic World Dominion, all of our Jurassic Jurassic Park stuff got re-released. The uh, the trilogy Long Road to Ruin that Sean and I did, where we coined the phrase "more dinosaurs," uh, famously, that got re-released. Um, Fallen Kingdom was already up. Our original Jurassic World that was a fun one to go back and listen to. Uh, our Jurassic World review because that's one of the ones where Robert and I almost got into a fist fight. And it was very, <laughs> and, and when Robert and I nearly got into a fist fight, those are our best shows. Um, and what I remember about just listening back to the, the original Jurassic World one was how much, like, the thing that's missing for me with Jurassic Park, and I said this at the time, was the park wasn't full. So, you know, they, they, they're just there to kind of test the park out, see if this is going to be an okay thing. They, you know, Hammond wanted approval. And, so, yeah, there's a body count in there, but it wasn't particularly high. You don't see a lot of, you know, it's your main cast kind of running from the dinosaurs for two hours, and that's about it. 
and which is fine. But what I really wanted to see something that we got in Godzilla with Matthew Matthew Broderick and some of the more recent monster movies is I really wanted to see just constant monster carnage. And even with Jurassic World, and I complained about this, it while it was fun to see the park fall apart, you really only get the one scene with the Robert. Uh, what were the the flying dinosaurs? They weren't pterodactyls. They were something else, like like petrodons or something like that. You remember? I believe I believe they were pterodactyls. They were pterodactyls. Okay, I couldn't remember if they were different or flying smaller dinosaurs. versions of them. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, we, we talked about that where it's like that is the one scene in the movie where you truly get to see like dinosaur carnage in a theme park and it'd be really fun and subsequently they've run away from that with the rest of these jurassic park movies i mean fallen kingdom we you know we criticized that pretty heavily and basically said it was like a haunted house movie which is not what i want <clears throat> which will some people they're like oh that's interesting that's an interesting take on the jurassic park franchise we did not love it, you know. Shock of all shock, Robert and I didn't like something. So I was kind of hoping with Dominion and and the conceit being dinosaurs have just run amok. They are everywhere now. They are they are living in society. And I'm gonna throw it to Robert for for a second to do a plot synopsis, a very brief plot synopsis, so we can get done on time tonight. But um, you really only get that in the first ten minutes of the movie. And then they run away from it again, which was really frustrating for me. So I was hoping with Dominion, we'd see full scale, just dinosaurs running around the world, running amok. Once again, we were teased and I don't really get to see what I really wanted out of this, out of this franchise. So um, any, uh, any thoughts, Robert, before we jump in here, as far as the, uh, the, the franchise, the series expectations, uh, if not, you can just go right into the plot synopsis. I did not care much for Jurassic World. I cared less for Fallen Kingdom, and I care less for this one. Okay. Um, you want me to do the plot synopsis and just do a quick read-through, or can you whack this out real quick? I got it. Okay. So, a handful of years after the events of Fallen Kingdom, dinosaurs are now out and about in the world, wreaking untold havoc, and no one quite knows what to do. Uh, except, of course, for our weak-as-crap villain who runs <laughs> Biosyn. Oh, I can already see where this who, is going. Can you? Who is in the process of doing nefarious, evil, tech-billionaire things. Uh, our disparate characters that come together at the end for a big Avengers moment, and you know that's what they thought when they were writing this. Oh, totally. Uh, we have... We have Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Cloney McClonerson from Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> She's a They're clone living... man. Do, 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 do. She's a clone man. Do, 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 do. Sing, Jason. No. Oh, God damn it. I'm good. Keep going. <laughs> They're living in Oregon and... and... And are trying to help kind of get dinosaurs out of the wild or out of illegal breeding activities and into safe hands. This all goes badly for them when some poachers find Blue, who the researchers want because merchandise. And they find Cloney because Cloney. <laughs> They're both kidnapped and they, they begin a bit of a globetrotting chase. On our other sort of concurrent plot features... The first of our bits of, hey, remember this? 
They're remember berries. That's all they are. When Doctor Ellie remember? Sadler mm -hmm. teams up with Doctor Alan Grant to go visit Doctor Ian Malcolm, who works for Biosyn and has a plot to prove that Biosyn is behind a global plague of Cretaceous era locusts that is devouring all food except for the Biosyn developed food for reasons that are never adequately explained. So they try to infiltrate the uh, physical building to, that is in the Biosyn facility to then match it with the live creature that they have captured and th thus proving, hey, Biosyn, they're responsible for a global famine that's about to happen. Uh, our other group of people track down Cloney to the to the uh, location. Bunch of fights with dinosaurs, bunch of pointless action set pieces. They eventually all come together. They're able to escape the burning forest because, of course, there's a burning forest. There's a dinosaur fight because, of course, there's a dinosaur fight. And in the end, Cloney stops being quite as much of a teenager. Uh, uh, Sattler and Dr. Grant finally get together, though no one was really asking for that, to the best of my knowledge. And dinosaurs <laughs> oh. begin establishing a homeo, uh, a, a true kind of homeostasis, not at all behaving like invasive species do in the real world. And this trilogy mercifully comes to an end. Can I just stop you? Why are you so mad at this movie? Like, <laughs> I haven't seen you. I have not seen you this disgustipated since Mortal Kombat last year, which frightens me because I yelled, I hate you during that one. So I already know not to make any dick jokes tonight. What is wrong with you, my love? What is going on? It's my computer being wonky. That's really okay. It's deeply frustrating. Can you not take I've out been... your anger on the rest of us? Jesus Christ. I don't like the movie either. I've. <laughs> okay, you can not like the movie, but I can feel your <laughs> dude. I can feel your hatred from Utah, and it's gross. It's yucky. Yeah, <laughs> uh, good. <laughs> Get, no, I, I got your hate all over me. Yuck. Or yay? I'm not quite sure how I feel yet. I mean, oh like I, I can't even watch you. I can't even watch you guys at the moment. I have to have this open in a different tab because my computer's being. A pain. I've been restarting it to try and get drivers updated, and they're just not quite nope. sticking. And I don't know exactly what's going on with it. It's had other issues today. So if this thing craps out on me and I just cut out, okay, we all know why. Gotcha. All right, take take it's a breath. Not anything personal to any of you. Okay, we got it. Take a breath, Amber. While Robert continues his aneurysm over his <laughs> tech problems. <laughs> um, what did you think of Jurassic World Dominion? I, well, I mean, I hate to say that I loved it, but I did love it. Oh, okay, um, this is a, this is a safe you. space, Amber. <laughs> the whole time, time, the entire franchise from Jurassic mm -hmm. Park, the beginning to now, has all been about getting, about the dinosaurs becoming reintegrated into um, the world with us. Right. And, you know, that's what happened. That was the best way they could end it. Um, you had the Alan Grant and Allie Sadler reunion, which, you know, they were boyfriend and girlfriend in the first one, but by the second one, she had moved on and married. Yeah. And, you know, that was always kind of left kind of hanging because he does call her in the second one, mm -hmm. but you know, that was kind of left hanging. So they ended that one real well. You know, the um, love between, 
the two that were raising the daughter and um it kind of hit home a little bit because my daughter's 14 and the girl mm -hmm. i can't remember her name in the movie is 14 and i've seen a lot of the way she was trying to kind of figure out her her uh how she, who she, how she wanted to be who she was um and i kind of seen a lot of that in our daughter as well mm -hmm. so i mean it it's and you had i feel like the dinosaurs there could have been a few it could have been more but i like that they added in the locust i felt that was a good add-in it just wasn't okay. about dinosaurs the entire time it was more okay. about the people all right well, well we'll come back to you for more of your thoughts especially once we start tearing the movie apart jason what did you what were your initial impressions what did you think uh it was okay um it was middle of the road for me uh, mm -hmm. I'm like you. I think that I would have liked to seen the more chaotic uh, yeah. dinosaur integrated. Uh, you know, just creating havoc. I think that is is where they missed the mark on, in my opinion. Yeah, I would have liked to see uh, just pretty much a more open world impact rather than yeah. going back where over the retread of there's a park with dinosaurs. We, we've yeah. explored that. We've explored right. that like four out of the six movies. <laughs> um, so, you know, there, I think the only ones that did not touch on that was the uh, Jurassic Park 3 and the second Jurassic World, where they're out, actually outside the park. And the second Jurassic World, they actually start off in the park. So, you know, mm -hmm. you still have you still have that touch. Um I would like, like I said, I would like to see the more um, impact. Um, you know, you had the, you know, you had the nod, nod to uh, Deadliest Catch, where uh, the boat gets capsized uh, by mm -hmm. just uh, a large, you know, like megalodon type creature. Yeah, bless you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you. Would have been like it was called, <laughs> to, you know, the name kind of lends it to like this more open world aspect. Now, I like, uh, you know, I like how they integrated things. Jeff Goldblum is an absolute national treasure in this in these movies because, you know, he's Jeff Goldblum. Um, but and I, I just got I just got to ask, uh, do we absolutely need a T-Rex saving the day in every movie because that's what we get um, of some sort of T-Rex uh, victory. Uh, I love the, I love how he was integrated in the first one. The second one was man, third one I've never seen. Um, you know, you have him and blue uh, team up in the original uh, Jurassic world. I think he had, um, there's a big T-Rex scene at the end of, uh, Fallen Kingdom. And then you get, you know, this, I, I think that that's overplayed. I would have liked to seen, you know, more of a, the dino fights, but you know, the T-Rex not being the savior, the guy, the, 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 uh, there can only be one carnivorous, uh, alpha i guess you could say mm -hmm. in the movie so it was middle of the road 
I liked it. I mean, it was one of those movies that, you know, you just kind of just, you can enjoy it's, you can enjoy it with your family. You can appreciate it, but you know, it's not like up there as one of my favorite movies, but it was a, a nice summer, enjoyable popcorn flick. It's a slight movie. This is a very slight movie. This is one of those where there isn't really anything to it. Um, it's kind of a more sizzle than steak. It's it's a lot of spectacle. But it's also, it kind of reminded me of Doctor Strange in that at the end of Fallen Kingdom, you really had the setup for a great premise. The dinosaurs are yeah. loose in the world. They're everywhere now. And like the first 10 minutes of the movie are like my favorite part of the movie where you get to see how invasive the dinosaurs have gotten in society you know there's dinosaurs knocking cars off of freeways there's you said the mosasaurus attacking the ship there, there's all these different examples that they show of the dinosaurs it, it's the most for me it's like almost the most effective part of the movie is that first 10 minute intro um and then and, and that's what i wanted i wanted more of that your criticism about and then we're back in a park again not before too long and then it's about getting out of the park as this as this park falls in on itself. Like, yeah, how many more times do we need to see that? It almost feels like, again, you know, you've got this band that has been playing for a while, like a Def Leppard or a Motley Crue. And it's like, sure, we have a new album out, but what do people really want to hear? And this was a lot of pour some sugar on me and woman and, and all of that. I mean, I've used that metaphor before. This This felt like, let's just play the hits. Let's not do anything new. Because people don't want new. They it demonstrably cho uh, proven in terms of you know look the most the number one movie in America, Top Gun. Nobody wants new. They want familiar. They want what they know. They want what they like. And sometimes that works. Top Gun. Sometimes it, I mean it remains to be seen how well this movie is going to do. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, not to give away the, the the third bit of the show. But the uh, the audience score is a lot higher than the critical score. And I think the critics on this one are, are mostly correct. I think they got it. This isn't a particularly well-written movie. It's just a lot of fan service, but weirdly not really what the fans wanted, if, if you know what I mean. Like, we wanted Godzilla. We wanted the dinosaurs wrecking cities. We wanted the dinosaurs eating a bunch of people. And there's plenty of that. Don't get me wrong. And, and again... Those I was sitting, um, I, I went with my kids and my friend and his kids, and <laughs> every time somebody got killed on screen, I laughed out loud. Like, I thought it was a comedy, you know, and, and <laughs> you could hear people like kind of, you know, as people are getting being eaten and everything, and I'm just laughing up a storm because this, this was the fun that I wanted in a Jurassic World movie, um, but not quite the level of that I wanted. It just, it didn't, it didn't reach the height, it didn't reach the gore that I wanted it to, and that was a little frustrating. I did not mind, and I'm sure Robert's going to scream and yell at this, and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, but I did not mind the subplot that gets Alan Grant and um, Laura Dern involved, where, you know, it, it does go, kind of go back to the original Jurassic Park of, what if we can? Should we? Well, sure, why not? And then they do, and then, oh, oh what have we wrought? You know, you know B.D. Wong sort of... It, weird inner conflict that he has of well i want to do these things but i don't want to do bad things but i did a bad thing and now i must repent it's not good writing it's very slight it's very shallow 
but at least it was there, which is, I believe, what I said about another one of the movies that we disagreed on over the past year. Probably a lot more than I'm remembering. Like, just one? No, quite a few. Um, like, the Chris Pratt, this is the easiest gig for Chris Pratt has ever gotten outside of maybe some voice work. Because all he has to do is this the whole time. Just, you know, <laughs> like, just stand, just look intently at a CGI screen and go, stop, in the name of love. Um, you know, and he gets to be action hero guy. Bryce Dallas Howard almost has no character in this at all. <laughs> yes, stop. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard is almost like no character. She's just put upon mother. That's her whole character in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> then there's angsty teenager, Colony McGee. Um, and you know, Robert and Robert's gonna complain more about this, I'm sure. But yeah, the villain. Look, I, I get when you're going for um subtle villain, but subtle can go too far in one direction and then they're not menacing in any way, shape, or form to the point where like, is that the villain? Like, I guess because he's doing bad things, but he's not particularly compelling or you know, there's nothing about him that really draws you in. It's funny, I was entertained by this movie, but as Robert has criticized me, I could be entertained by jiggling keys. So, like, I, I liked what I saw, but then I have to, like, think about it and talk about it, and I'm like, no, there's so much wrong with this movie. I was essentially entertained by the stupid. Oh, um, yeah, I'm going, there's something that I want to specifically call out when we start ripping this thing apart. Well, can I say something real quick? No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so you're talking about the menacing... Uh, villain in the movie. Do you Lack remember one, the yeah. villain in the original movie? I mean, how menacing was he? Oh, so, well, I mean, I it was kind of the same. I was say, the, villain was, the villain was Newton from Seinfeld, and he gets eaten almost immediately. But he still was the villain, and then you have this guy <laughs> who was not much better, so, I mean, really, there's no sinister... Yeah, we got Steve Jobs. <laughs> and also, the first one is in the original park. The second one takes place on Isle Serona, Sor I mm -hmm. think it's Sorana, which is the island right. that was adjacent. The right. third one takes place on, place on that one as well. You uh -huh. do not make it back to the original park till the first Jurassic World. All right. I'm Just gonna take a break a here. Yep, nope, you're good. I'm gonna take a break here and let Robert I don't know, just scream. I, I don't know what you're gonna I'm almost afraid, Robert. I, I I've never quite been so afraid of what you're going to say about a movie before, and I don't know why. <laughs> I think because of the computer stuff, you're already like in a pissy mood. So, have at it, man. I am. Yeah, uh, I'm also probably a little bit behind from where you guys are in terms. Of, like, I think my thing is lagging, and I'm just I'm. Uh, I'm equal parts angry and sick with anxiety over it because I uh, because reasons. Okay. So, so, as for this movie, no, did not enjoy it. There's so much stupid. <laughs> There's just so much stupid. Yeah. Sure. Cold-blooded creatures migrating to the snowy northwest northwest of America. Like, they wouldn't just keel over and die after one Sub-Zero evening. I like how you're, begin you're beginning this rant with the Mr. That... Wizard stuff. Go ahead, sorry. There's a lot of that. Mm. A raptor chase where they're apparently house cats <laughs> that you don't even need to keep the laser pointer on. 
<laughs> One of those people who's chased by these raptors is the dumbest human being alive. He's backed into a corner and he's got the thing like charging through some debris at him. He can't quite get through, but it keeps sticking its head through and snapping at him. He has a gun. <laughs> and and he, he knows he has a gun. He thinks to use it to shoot the lock off of the hatch above him rather than shoot the dinosaur in the head. Why? Just why, you idiots? You just write the dumbest characters. The absolute dumbest. Most of the stuff at our secure location is... Uh... Okay, Dr. Ian Malcolm is a pale imitation of what he used to be because the writers now are so much worse than the people who wrote the first two of these movies. <laughs> that speech he gives is meant to be impactful, like this is what they think they're writing, to fix what's wrong, we must alter human consciousness. Shut up! <laughs> this is not even what Dr. Malcolm deals with on a regular basis. No! Just no! You don't have the writing ability to write a character like this, and it comes across very, very clearly. That, I mean, his little, um, like, scolding speech to knock off Steve Jobs before he's fired is the weakest thing in the world. Like, don't you see what they're doing? They're giving you promotion, so you'll be loyal. Like, And his closing line there is just so utterly devoid of impact or punch on anything approximating a philosophical, logical, or emotional level. It should be studied. It, it does come across as a bit poochy, doesn't it? Whereas they're sitting at yeah. the writing table to try to figure out what the script of this thing is. Everyone's just sort of like pitching an idea, but it's all of what's going on in the world right now. Well, you know, people, we're, the government's trying to control us. Ooh, we should do that. And, you know, and we should do this with this and we should do that. You know, it doesn't feel like an organic, natural story. It feels like a cobbled together Frankensteinian monster of ideas from people who think they're really really smart but are you know hollywood writers not there's a scene in this movie where one of our moles in the company goes to see knock off steve jobs mm -hmm. and he barely says anything he just lets steve jobs realize you a two brute <laughs> his name was ramsey so a two ramsey <laughs> why is this scene there why why does the scene exist? It conveys no information. It moves the plot not at all. It doesn't set anything up. It doesn't pay <clears throat> anything off. It doesn't do anything. It should not exist. Which which thing are you talking about? When he drops the folder? When, when yeah. it's, at the, yeah, it's at the end, right, right before it, when he reveals that he's the mole and that they're splitting up. <laughs> yeah, it, he's, he's having like a crisis it, of conscience, basically. Yeah, no, he, was, it, he was already. He goes in. He goes in, and uh, there, he's trying to. Uh, Steve Jobs is trying to get out, and he compared Ramsey as a younger version of him, and they're wanting to restart. He's wanting to get out with together and restart the research together. Right. And Ramsey, then then Ram, he goes to give the all the information to Ramsey, and Ramsey lets it drops, and then he realize, and then Steve Jobs realizes that. He's one of the most. So, yeah, I mean, it moves the plot along because you realize 
he realizes that you know he was being brought he was being sabotaged from the inside by the one person he trusted the most yeah that doesn't matter the park's already gone we already we know that ramsey's a mole he already thinks he's being brought down it doesn't change anything he dies three minutes later anyway and, and by the way, let's bring back the Dilophosaurus because, hey, he's got that same stupid shaving cream can. Have another member, Barry. Seals. <laughs> it's a stupid <laughs> thing. It shouldn't exist. Ar, 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 ar. <laughs> all right. Hey, we got some uh, audience participation here. Well, first of all, hey, let me do this in order. Our good friend Liz, who likes to hang out with us in wrestling, she wants to say hi to her, her uh, sister wife, Amber. Hello, Liz. Here we go. And Liz says, Robert, be nice. The scene was to show that he had no hope, that he couldn't do it without Ramsey. This is what she thinks. It's still a stupid scene. We already, look, you've already established that this guy is essentially incompetent. How he achieved this level of success is wildly beyond anyone's understanding. It's just a pointless scene. Okay. What else, Robert? Uh, the, in oh, God, the entire bit about okay, two things. One, the bit about um, clone's mother giving birth to herself. This is not revolutionary, people. We've been able to do this for at least thirty years. We don't do it, but this is how clones are made. Mm -hmm. So that's not revolutionary. Shame on the movie for implying as such. I mean, it's ethically revolutionary because again, you are literally giving birth to yourself. So. But this movie is not intelligent enough to tackle anything approximating the sort of moral or ethical complications and questions that come about from this from that. So we set that it aside so that we can kind of turn Cloney into hold on teenage female Jesus. So <laughs> I'm just a teenage female Jesus. Sorry. Listen to Iron Maiden, Jason. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, she she gave birth because she knew she had this defect, so she was wanting to use the research that she had. They actually to cure the say in they say in dialogue in the movie she didn't know she had this genetic condition until after Maisie was born. Actual well, line of dialogue said in the movie. Okay, so if they what if she was uh, unable to be um, unable to conceive and being the scientist she found a way for herself to be able to conceive and that's how you know the clone was if born. you can conceive and carry yourself you can conceive and carry some implanted embryo well n but does she it takes two it takes two aspects of that you know, despite what some people in today's society believe, oh my it, God, takes, it, takes, <laughs> it takes two things to have a baby. She, she might not have wanted a husband. She wanted a child. She wanted to her, have her legacy live on. I can understand that. Desperately asking that we get back to the craft of this and not discuss how babies are born, genetically or uh, you know, cloning or otherwise. From kissing. Uh, yes, it's according to my son, at least. Robert, what? Okay, you're you're pointing at very specific scenes that didn't need to be in the movie. I, I think we can all agree. Maybe Amber feels differently. 
and I'll check in with Amber in a second. But yes, the movie is dumbed down. Yes, there are there are scenes because <clears throat> there there are scenes stitching one idea to the next in this to keep the audience engrossed because there's not a lot of faith the audience is going to be able to follow this. And I will tell you that again. This is one of those general audience deals. There's a lot of parents bringing kids. Kids are not sometimes able to follow certain things. And so they feel like I, guaranteeing, guaranteeing you through one of the passes through editing uh, of the screenplay. They were like, this is too smart for this is too smart for kids. Dumb this shit down. Add more scenes. Like also I take think away the I'm gore like, and the citywide destruction that you would have liked. Right. <clears throat> um, I think. You know, at two and a half hours, there's a part of me that feels like, yeah, I mean, it's the end of, you know, it's the Avengers Endgame of Jurassic Park. It probably earns its runtime. The problem is, like, I'm not, I'm not upset with the two and a half hour runtime. I'm upset with how it was used. Like, this feels, and to your Agreed. point, Robert, it's, I'm, like, I'm agreeing with, I'm agreeing with you, but I also see the necessity of it, I guess, where there was definitely a lot of stuff added into this. Not necessarily to pad the runtime, but to again to, to bring your audience along that they don't feel like it's smart enough to stay with you, and it drags the movie down. Like if you were just like let let let's trim the fat off of this thing and just make it a slick two hour movie, there's an easy thirty minutes you could have cut out of this, no problem. Like this isn't an Age of Extinction thing where you need every single scene, Robert. Every no, single just, scene. Just seriously, don't. <laughs> I know you're in a mood tonight. It's trying to be funny. But we had that argument over what do you cut, what do you save. This one, like, I could take a scissor to this thing and cut out 30 minutes without even looking. Yeah. So anything else about this movie that is, like, a major problem for you? Because now I want to go back to Amber for a moment. I appreciate the bits where they implemented uh, models and puppetry and whatnot because mm. it does lend a little bit of help to things in this movie feeling real because there's a real problem with this film giant chunks of it have no weight they have nothing vis they have no visual weight it's it's painfully obvious how much of this is you know chris pratt staring at a tennis ball on a stick in front of a green screen <laughs> yeah and he, it, look chris pratt's a chris pratt's a fine enough actor not good enough to pull off like the amount of cgi he has to interact with and I don't know anyone that would be like, that's how much of this, that's how much of it there is. The editing in this thing it, it, made it my eyes bleed. I was gonna say, it does have like a Phantom Menace quality, doesn't it? Which it's funny because we've come so far from Phantom Menace, but at the time there was so much green screen, so much CGI that like poor uh, Ewan McGregor was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I am in the movie, you know, famously. I, and, it, fun, and it has hey, that fun fact. Time. Fun fact for all of you out there. Um, the Force Awakens has like orders of magnitude more special effects shots in it than the Phantom Menace does. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where we are. Uh, I think the editing for this is really one of the things that killed me. There's so much Michael Bay style rapid fire. Uh, not to mention the stuff that's very clearly done for the 3D jump. Yeah. But there, so much of this is hard to follow. We cut back and forth between the dinosaur snapping and the person being scared and the person trying to do something and the dinosaur snapping and it just it makes your head hurt, it makes your eyes bleed at times. It's not as incompetent as Bay's rapid fire editing because a lot of the action does at least stay somewhat centered in frame, but it's still a problem. 
and yeah, one that they m- could have solved. Like that, that's not a that's a problem. That's an unforced error. Right. Like, let me let me let's pa- take a pause there. Amber, you 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 look disgustipated. Um, you've heard you've heard my eight major gripes with this. You've heard Robert, um, even some of Jason stuff. What are you know? What are some of your thoughts here? As you hear us sort of tearing apart this movie, what are your what are you, what are you thinking? Um, I think that Mara, you know, he kind of misses the point there about why the Macy thing was such a big deal. Because when at the beginning of the movie, Macy thinks she's nothing but a clone. She was grew in a test tube and that was it. She doesn't, you know, she's having a lot of issues because she doesn't feel like she grew out of love or anything else. The whole point of that was so that she could understand that she was made out of love. Her mother constructed her, took out the bad parts of her DNA and and she wanted a child. So she was loved and she was created. Um, to be a child that someone really wanted really bad that she loved and that was the you needed that to add into the whole thing you know and i think you know robert's kind of missing that whole thing and i feel like if you cut that whole part out then you've just got this girl running around this 14 year old girl running around with all these adults and she's a clone and we don't know anything else about her and that's it people want her because she's a clone. let me let me throw this out there i think a better use of macy is the tacit recognition that the dinosaurs have to go and that there's something in Macy's genetics that would help in that endeavor. Um, and so there's like an internal debate happening between our heroes and the villains over using Macy's DNA to eliminate all the dinosaurs before the dinos- before the doomsday clock strikes midnight. I feel like that's where they started with this script and they were like, and they couldn't figure out how to get there. They couldn't figure out how to beef that up enough for a two and a half hour thing. And so it just, so they're like, well, let's keep the Macy stuff, but we'll change it and we'll make her kind of the star of this thing, which is my other problem with this is um, uh, A for effort for trying to make Macy the star of this and the focal point, but I don't think it lands. I don't know if the audience even cares enough about her. I mean, who does the audience like? The audience likes Chris Pratt. The audience likes Laura Dern. The, the audience likes um, the what's his face who plays uh, Dr. Grant. That's who the audience wanted to see. I don't think the audience even cares about Bryce Dallas Howard. Like they, they want to see Chris Pratt punch a dinosaur. They want to see, you know, the cast of Jurassic Park doing stuff, whatever that stuff might be. But the movie is like, no. And hey, Robert, this should sound familiar. Forget about all the people you like, like this new character that we invented out of whole cloth. And it's, it's like a swinging a miss every swing and a miss every single time. Um, I think the almost the only holding up the movie is the stuff with the um, oh god, who are you trying to remember? And Mark's froze, Mark's that, froze. Okay, god damn bug is the bugs, the locusts, the grasshoppers. Am I unfrozen yet? Yeah, you're up frozen. Yeah, you're good. The um, okay, the goddamn bugs eating the crops. I forget what they're called. They're locusts. locusts. They're just locusts. Thank you. Yeah, they're just uh, Cretaceous period locusts. Yeah, yeah. Grasshoppers. I, what I was trying, what I was trying to say before you know technical difficulties was 
the only thing holding up this movie in any real way is the locust plot. And even at that, it's like, did we come for the locust or did we come for the dinosaurs? Shouldn't the problem have been the dinosaurs, not the invented locust? It was like this. <clears throat> I, I feel like in the writing, they were really trying to outthink themselves and they got away from why people come to see these in the first place. And this is why I think people are having such difficulties with this. Amber, you want to respond to any of that? Um, I don't. I don't really, I think you kind of, you're saying Macy's the main character. I don't really feel that. I feel like every one of them, I think if you take any of them out, other than maybe a couple of the lower ones, you're going to miss a whole entire, mm -hmm. you know, you need all of them. They're all a part of the franchise. You know, um, Chris Pratt's not even any more important than Alan Grant or any of them were. I feel like you need them all. It was a, you know, it, that's kind of, I feel like the whole point of the movie was it brought everybody together to kind of wrap things up and i never really mm -hmm. felt like macy was the main character i felt she was put in there because she out of all of the characters she was the one that was most like the dinosaurs or she was created most likely like the dinosaurs were okay um, I'm... let me uh yeah i want to i want to go to jason kind of for your responses and final thoughts here and then one last round with robert and then we'll move on okay i'm grabbing my soapbox i'm climbing up on it um let's okay, start with here we go Let's start with Macy. Macy, uh, if you if you remember back to the end of the second movie, do you had that you did have that inner conflict because if she killed the dinosaurs, it would have killed her too. Um, so you did have that inner conflict, and in that she ha is part of the of the restoration of the dinosaurs, and that's why you had that inner turmoil at the end of part two, and you know then. They, I, I think they she missed the mark. She wasn't going to die. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it would have sacrificed her as well. No, she just like I'm a clone. They're clones. We're here. We're alive. They shouldn't die. Okay, clone I was solidarity. Thinking. Clone lives matter. Okay, okay. Clone lives matter. Okay, but anyway, clone moving on from matter. that. <laughs> uh, there, there's your TikTok bark. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, so moving on from that, I think that they they should have transitioned and built upon that, which they didn't uh, fully. Um, now let's go back to my biggest complaint of this movie, and then I'll wrap up with the funniest thing of this movie. Um, so my biggest complaint of this movie was the pandering to the females, that they had to save everyone, really? everyone. Everyone that got saved was either by the black chick on the plane mm -hmm. or in some way, one of the other female cast members. It yeah, was I like, thought Chris Pratt got plenty of saving too. Mm, you would be wrong and it's okay to be wrong, Mark. Okay. Um, but no, I mean, uh, because it's like they pander and it was like, you have these strong leads. Yeah, I'm oh, I'm all for, you know, having a strong female lead. I don't, I'm not against that. But it was like, you had the, you had the pilot that just had to save, had to save him and uh, basically bailed him out in, in, I think it was Egypt or something. Kayla. Okay. Okay, Liz, thank you for giving us a name. Uh, Malta. I, okay. 
listen here, you New Yorker. I don't care. I'd like to hear you read a phone book, but it's okay. All right, moving along, Jason. It's one of, I I think that they went through that too much. And I think they try to skew that to to make the the female leads of being more heroic. And last but not least, since Amber didn't mention it, I will bring it up. The tie, the the scene in the movie that about made me piss myself because <laughs> yeah, I was cracking. I was I was not prepared to have a dinosaur jump out of a shadow at the top of the ladder. I'm pretty sure that I may have soiled myself. I'm not going to go on record to say it was it was a definite, but it was a good possibility. And my wife thought it was hilarious and i will close on that all right robert your final thoughts on this shit show of a podcast (laughs) uh the podcast is what it is um got not since the blog radio days i get what amber was saying about you know you hear me yeah, we can hear you. We're, we're just there's a lot of lag, but all I was saying was not since our blog talk radio yeah, days that yeah. we had this I, many sound issues for real. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, I, I get what Amber's saying about you know the the clone deciding needing to know that she was uh, that she came from a place of love. I'm fine with that. I it, it's impl- there's execution issues, but as a general emotional point, I don't object to it. Uh, the bit at the end where, yay, we'll just, you know, uh, we will magically be able to fix everything. Like, no, <laughs> not how this works. <laughs> I don't understand how wheat grows in cycles. How you have how replanting that kind of a loss of crop actually does throw a lot of things off. Meanwhile, you get in, of course, your half-assed jabs about sustainable farming and all the other. Just, Broadcasting the message, I suppose. The message. Uh, Brought to you by Keenan yeah, Ivory Wayans. I don't have a whole lot positive to say about this as a general rule. So, <laughs> all right, I'm let's just, just move on. I've, yeah, I've kind of oh, last on. thing. Hang, hang on, no, no. Here's the last thing. Okay, if you insist. The music. I'm not setting you up for a segue. I did not enjoy the score to this. They, it's desperately trying to distract you from how uninteresting almost everything that's on screen is. Like, please, if we play enough, you know, if we play frantic enough music, you'll think there's tension in this chase. No, no, we won't. Your editing skills are so bad that even the music can't save it. I And, and by the way, you can just get, this franchise had one use of your nostalgia credit that you cashed in in the first one. Everything after this is a giant middle finger. Like that, that's all your musical kind of pseudo callbacks are. You're reminding us of better movies. That's all you're doing. You should know better. You really should. All right. And speaking of you should know better, here comes the money. We're in the money. We're in the money. I had a friend ask me earlier today, uh, like I, she goes, I'm I'm out on all these Jurassic Park movies. I don't even know why they keep making them. They keep making them because like five out of four out of the last six made over a billion dollars. That's why. 
on, you know, Marvel budgets. Speaking of Marvel budgets, the budget for this chit show was $185 million. And at the time of this recording, such as it is, has earned $405 million. It uh, was the number one movie of the weekend. Uh, no, I take that back. Yes, it was the number one movie of the weekend. Beating out Top Gun, which we'll get to in a moment, is, my, I think, the number one movie in the United States, if not the world at this point. Um, Doctor Strange fell from two to three. The bad guys maintained its spot at number four. Bob's Burgers fell from three to five. Downton Abbey, five to six. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Now, currently, finally, 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 Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey is finally, P no, yes, maybe, P PVOD. Uh, Firestarter. <laughs> Apparently, he went in a bunch back a bunch Florida. of theaters again. That <laughs> jumped from 21 to 8 for some odd reason. Uh, Sonic fell from 8 to 9. Uh, we have a some it got like Indian movie it got that debuted number 10. Don't know where it was. Yeah. Uh, the Lost City 9 to 11, Crimes of the Future 10 to 12. Uncharted jumped up. Apparently, that's back in theater somewhere. Um, 17 to 13, Watcher 11 to 14, Roundup 22 to 15. Fantastic Beasts, 13 to 16. The Northmen, 19 to 17. Men, men. 12 to 18. Deep in the heart of Texas, a wildlife story, 16 to 19. And hey, Robert, maybe this will put you in a better mood. Morbius. Good old Morbius. Fell <laughs> <laughs> from 14 to 20 because the people at Sony are functionally retarded. Um, debuting, hey, don't use uh, the R word. You know, guy, Sony, I'm a I fan promise of you, we were... Look, Sony people, we were all busy last week. If you let it, if you re-release it again, I'm sure we'll all be able to make time now that it's not a holiday. <laughs> Stop bullying Sony. They don't know any better. That was an actual um, tweet. It's <laughs> amazing. All right. Uh, I was close. The number one movie in the world is currently Doctor Strange. Hey, Robert, it looks like it's going to make a billion. How about that? I mean, it's got to make another uh, 70 million, good right? For it, I guess. When does yes. it come out on Disney Plus? The twenty second. It's got another week. It'll probably get there. Yeah, it'll 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 cross it'll limp over that particular line. Yeah. Yeah. It. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to skyrocket over the billion dollar mark. But you know, you and I went back and forth over that a whole bunch of times. I didn't even realize it until today that it was as high as it was. So, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Missed Opportunities at nine hundred thirty one million. <laughs> Uh, the Batman staying at 70, 770. Top Gun Maverick, that's also going to hit a billion dollars. That's got, that's still got like the 120 day window. That's got everything going for it. My God, it, it, Top Gun Maverick making Paramount look like a real studio. How about that shit, Robert? Power of Tom Cruise and nostalgia. Indeed. Um, communist commie uh, propaganda film at number four. Jurassic World hitting the worldwide charts at number five. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Robert? I mean, next this week is Lightyear, which is not opening in the Middle East because of lesbian kiss. Uh, and then I think after that is not opening in China either. Yeah, yeah it's not so opening I don't, in so, China. Yeah, so that that movie's about to hit the skids. Um, I, I I can't remember what comes out. Oh, the Black Phone and Elvis come out the week after that, and then there's a bye week, and then we're into Thor. So, what are you thinking about Jurassic World? As far as the billion dollar mark, it it might get there. Uh, I mean, it benefits from does it benefit from it benefits from the general <laughs> nostalgia Nothing. bump. Uh, I 
I think uh, I well, don't until think un, until Thor comes out, there's not my... another big move. I was gonna say until Thor comes out, which is a couple of weeks, it doesn't really have any stiff competition other than what's already out there. Yeah, the lack of competition helps. Um, yeah, I don't think it quite gets there, but it's gonna it's gonna do well. Yeah, my my conservative estimate is that it peters out around the Batman money. Um, I don't I don't want to I'm not Probably I don't right. feel, yeah I don't feel too strong on the billion dollar mark um, which is a bit of a miss for Universal but you know it's already made back its money it'll it'll do it'll be fine uh, Fantastic Beast speaking of petering out and Uncharted both at 401 Sonic the Hedgehog 397 the bad guys 229 and too cool to kill at 217 I already talked about the calendar but uh, just a quick go over it again yeah we have Lightyear that comes out this weekend which it's not going to do well. Um, I, I, we had a long conversation. I don't want to, ha- I don't want to rehash it right now. We may end up dedicating an entire podcast to it. If Chris Bailey has his way about the uh, Pixar and free fall, as he liked to describe it. But I mean, light years get not getting a tremendous amount of critical buzz. It's not opening in half the world because of the LGBTQ part of it. I think people are kind of out on Pixar at this point. Four years of pandemic movies that went straight to Disney Plus have probably soured people on Pixar. It's just like, eh, 45 days and it'll be on Disney Plus anyway, and half of these movies aren't that good. I think people are going to end up waiting on it. Um, so I, I, I think I think they thought they had a surefire hit with Lightyear. I'm not so certain about that anymore. I, I this, this is going in... I mean, Toy Story 4 even made a billion dollars, and that movie was shite. Um... <laughs> So I'm not entirely sure where Lightyear is gonna gonna land. I'm conservatively predicting about four to five hundred million. Um, and then the week after that is uh, the Black Phone and Elvis. Robert, what do you think? Um, I, I think one of those might still be the number one movie in in the world at the time, but I don't think either one of them is gonna be doing like you know crazy summer mo- summer. I'm really surprised actually. Elvis is, is I, a summer I movie. Doubt like that should have waited until September. Go ahead. I I doubt either one of those uh, really kind of makes a serious dent. Uh, I will go out on a limb. And I don't say think Black there's Phone enough will. interest in the Elvis biopic. Mm-hmm. Oh, Black Phone is the one that has a chance. Like, it... yeah. I was gonna. Say, I was. I forgot. July first is Minions. Sure. By the way, Robert, I was thinking about you, baby. I was thinking about you, man. You were saying. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about you. Um, Liz, Black Adam doesn't come out until like October. Um, so I'm in the I'm in the theater watching Jurassic World and we get a trailer from Minions, but it's a new trailer. And you want to know what song they played, Robert? Do you want to know what song? You want to hear the song that they played? I, I heard. I don't want to hear it, but I heard the same trailer you did. <laughs> I laughed. My my friend was like, why are you laughing so hard? And I'm just like, because I know somebody who just threw his pants at the screen. Um, <laughs> and is about sick and tired of that song. <laughs> um, for those that don't know, Robert hates the song Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. And the fact that it's used as much as it is in just about everything drives Robert to, to consider drinking. Um, all right. July 8th is Thor. Uh, July 15th is not a lot. Uh, the wide releases are Where the Crawdads Sing, which we're going to review, and Pause of Fury, which <laughs> I don't know if people know this or not. They've seen the trailer and they're like, oh, this looks like a fun animated film. It's actually based on 
Blazing Saddles by Mel Brooks, which I think is a really funny concept. I don't know how good the movie's going to be, but you know, the concept itself is pretty amusing. So, all right, anything else about the money, Robert, before we move on? Nah, it's all shaken out about like we expected. Yep. All right, then let us move on to the... Well, this is a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be tonight. I figured we'd do the full two hours, but we're all like, Jurassic Park, it stinks, and <laughs> we want to move on here. So, all right, here we go with uh, the critical review. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 The critical review is... Oh, wait, no more plugs. The critical review, 29% rotten on the tomato meter with a 79% audience score. So the critics were like, this sucks. Why do we do this to ourselves? And the audience was like, nah, I like dinosaurs. Arr, arr. Uh, the critical consensus, Jurassic World <laughs> Dominion might be a bit of an improvement over its immediate predecessor. I'm saying something. In some respects, but this franchise has lumbered a long way down from its classic start. <sighs> this is This is definitely like stinking of critical exhaustion, I think, more than anything else. Like people just like, I don't want another stupid dinosaur movie and not really thinking about like what the movie is, but um, Matt Donato of, well, it doesn't help that the movie is a really stupid dinosaur movie. Not, not no <laughs> doubt. Um, Matt Donato of Perry Nemiroff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Perry now getting other people to do reviews for her. Go Perry. Uh, Dominion loses the soul of Jurassic Park action sequences are downright ugly as Dino VFX can't keep up with the wannabe Mission Impossible cinematography and it's overall just the worst kind of manufactured blockbuster cash-in. Not wrong. Okay, moving on. T.T. Uh, Stern Enzi of WXIX TV Cincinnati, Ohio. Top critic. A long, tiring, winding road. This is not helpful. Yeah, that's not helpful. And, and we wonder how they get on here, and we can't. Yeah, I've, I've I can cried tell about you. that enough. <laughs> Bob Grimm of Reno News and Review. Not enough dinosaurs and too much BD Wong all sad in a frumpy sweater. That made <laughs> me laugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, BD Wong in a frumpy sweater was not, that was not it. <laughs> was not it. That is, should be... Dennis Harvey of 48 Hills. Those dastardly dinos are back. Man, y'all can't be positive a little bit. <laughs> not, not a helpful review. Like, oh boy, it's a dinosaur yeah. movie. You think? <laughs> uh, Valerie Calfrin of AWFFJ Women on Film. Dinosaurs walk the earth, but Jurassic World Dominion gives bugs dominion over the plot. It's like watching a Godzilla movie where people fend off huge termites while avoiding Godzilla's feet and atomic breath. Massively disappointing. Oh, I kind of agree with that. I was going to say, like, that's not entirely wrong. Like, they did not mm. have a great plot for this movie. They had things they wanted to do and they did them, but they didn't. Yeah. It was not a good narrative. No. It was like a it was like a bullet point. We must hit these points. Yeah. It, was, it definitely felt very checklist. 
Um, y'all suck, right. by the way. All of y'all. Y'all suck. What? Well, uh, no, you know, you know who sucks? Mark Commode of Observer UK Top Critic. Dude, his review is ho hum. Get him, Winfrey. No, he does not deserve my ire. <laughs> oh, how about Dan Merrill? We hate you, Dan Merrill. We hate you. You is hate the equivalent. Dan you hate him too. It's the equivalent of Colin Trevorrow banging pots and pans for two and a half hours to keep you distracted from the fact that nothing you're seeing really means anything. Not wrong, Mr. Commode. Not wrong. <laughs> no, that was Dan Merle. Oh, Merle. Um, all right. Not where's, wrong, where's, Mr. Merle. Where's my guy? I gotta bully my people. Where are you? Come out, fat guy. <laughs> where is After he? movies. Where are you, Kevin Carr? I'll find you. Get over here. Where'd you go? He's probably Where is he, movies. Robert? Ah, here we go. Here's, here's another person we hate. Doug Walker of Channel Awesome. Why do Jurassic Park sequels think we're here for the idiot humans and not the dinosaurs? Somewhat of a fair question, believe it or not. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go back, go back up to uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. All right, you want me to read it? Yeah. Christopher Lloyd. I want, of the I, want, I want Robert's head to explode. All right. Christopher Lloyd of the film yap. The first half is a mess, but the last 70 minutes is wall to wall action, chases, gratuitous dinosaur chomping, and well staged thrills. Doesn't have the wit or dazzle of the first Jurassic Park, but which of the other sequels do? That's a fair thing to point out that all the sequels fall short of the original. That that's accurate. But no, if you if your opinion of the editing and staging for a lot of this was that hey, this is great. I just I beg of you, watch more action movies. I beg of you. <laughs> hey, this is, is Dilophosaurus that's about to spit poison on Bryce Dallas Howard, but somehow sneaking up on it is is. Chris Pratt, who grabs it by the throat, shocks it in the eye, and tells it to get out of here while the others simply scatter away. After Bryce Dallas Howard, while being menaced, sank to her butt to be level-eyed with it purely for the sake of the shot, not having anything to do with how a human being would actually react in that situation. No. We, we have Shame a on you for praising this. Sorry. We had a run-in. All right. We're going to do one more of these, and I think we're going to call it tonight. But this, this one might be my favorite. Johnny Gay's Monica fanboys of the universe. What killed the dinosaurs? If, Jur if Jurassic World Dominion is any indication, they were all bored to death. <sighs> wah, wah. Well, you know, of all the criticisms I leveled at this thing, I don't think I said boring. Uninteresting and boring are not the same thing. I don't think this is necessarily a boring movie. It's not as tense as it thinks it is. Uh, not by any stretch of the imagination. Like, what was with that dinosaur that, like, slowly followed behind crawling Bryce Dallas Howard? I assume that creature is blind? <laughs> is that the only way any of that makes sense? It had the rocks arthritis from SummerSlam 1998. I mean, do uh, you not, did you not watch the first one? Most dinosaurs cannot see. They see, like, <laughs> movement and infrared, like, heat. So, I mean, it's not like they can see like me and you can see. They're like yeah. reptiles. They see like heat and movement. Miss so, Wizard. I mean, 
that's why she was kind of moving very slowly so that she could kind of hide from it. All right. She was covering Liz herself had... in mud. She was covering herself in mud so she wouldn't go detected by the infrared scans. Then she can right, try so... and kill the predator with the hatchet that she has tied to a rope of returning. Yes, we know. Right. We got we got a request here from Liz. I'm going to read one positive review, one one fresh review. Liz, I can't help it when they're mostly rot rotten. That's that's what we do here. But I will read for the sake of uh, our fans, our fans worldwide, something positive said on Rotten Tomatoes. Louisa Moore of Screen Zealots. Operating at a full tilt pace, the sequel is packed with exciting action scenes. Has a solid story. Compelling bad guys. If by that you mean the dinosaurs, maybe. And features dinosaurs aplenty. They are definitely on screen and in focus. In other words, it's everything you'd want out of a summer popcorn flick. Sure. There you go, Liz. I do it for I do it for you, Liz. I'm here to please. Okay. Uh, this idiot trying to pretend that this villain was compelling. What his mild hissy fit before he orders everything destroyed. His yeah. faux awkwardness around Grant and Sadler. No, this is the this is the opposite of a compelling villain. You could almost remove him from the entire story and craft something a little bit better. Yeah, I don't think that. I, I really think that if you remove him from the story, you get the same results. <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to put much. this on screen because I don't. Liz needs to watch more damn you Hollywood. Liz, baby, I love you, sweetie, Miss Miss Queen of Staten Island, my love. We do read both the positive and the negative. It depends on whether or not the thing is collectively rotten or collectively fresh. It, it kind of we just kind of play jazz. We feel it in the moment. I read the ones that I think are funny that I think are going to cause Robert to have an aneurysm. So mostly that. <clears throat> I don't feel yeah, like that, it takes a lot for Robert to have an aneurysm. It takes no, almost it doesn't. nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't. Like I feel like one little thing would push him over the edge. Oh yeah. Here you go. Today, here you go. You are. I am today. I am channeling Michael Douglas from Falling Down. I'm this close. <laughs> All right, well, before Robert puts on his fatigues and grabs an M16, I just want you to know that Liz, the queen of Staten Island, says she loves your crankiness, buddy. So take that for what you will. I appreciate nothing. it. Thank you very much. All right, so that is the painful end of this podcast in record time, actually. Uh, speaking of the end of things, myself and Pat Mullen concluded our Four Kings of Boxing series with Leonard versus Duran 3, Uno Moss. Uh, so that is now up in the archives. Tomorrow, Jesse's dropping a source material, uh, source material number 311, the first issue of Count Duckula, which if you've never watched that show back when Danger Mouse used to be on, we were kids. That is a great show and a great comic book. In the evening time, us boys, them boys, will be reviewing creator Hate Uber Alice. Um, David Wright not able to make the Pacific Rim the Black review, so that's now fallen off the schedule. We'll have a re-airing of Toy Story 4, that shit show. We'll have a re-airing uh, from the archive of Black Mirror Season 1, that was myself and Jesse. And then um, this weekend, I will be away, but we're going to have some re-airs. Our Long Road to Ruin for Jaws, Part 1 and Part 2, will be uh, up on the 19th and the 20th. And then Robert and I are are going to be hitting you with all kinds of movie reviews. First, on Monday, we're going to be reviewing everything, everywhere, all at once. Finally, 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 Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey. Spiderhead, which is now on Netflix, and the remake of Father of the Bride on HBO Max, which comes out this Thursday. And then myself, David Wright, 
Alexis Haina and Robert will be doing a double damn you Hollywood for Lightyear and Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. We're going to mess around with the format a little bit, but we're going to get both movies reviewed for you. Um, and then, so that's it. Oh, Jason will be back with us a week from Thursday to discuss the Lakers miniseries Winning Time, which I watched the first episode of that today. That is a fantastic show. John C. Riley is just amazing. So that's what I got. Amber. Uh, I hear uh, you're on the Chair Shot Network, yes. talking Hallmark uh, movies. Tell them all about um, it. Well, we took a little break for a little while, but we're get, fixing to get back into it this week. Here I am fixing stuff with my country accent. But um, we talk about Hallmark movies and all the things Hallmark, and then uh, going to add some extra stuff and the series as well to the Hallmark Network. And um, we... Um, Ah, I don't, my brain is, I'm tired, sorry. <laughs> um, we're going to start back here soon. So, and I do that with my um, Liz, who's been on the chat here today. We do that, uh, we'll be starting that back shortly. <clears throat> All right, Jason, tell us about your football podcast, buddy. No, no. Oh, my. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can follow, you can follow. <laughs> what a say. <laughs> what a say. Uh, you can follow me uh, as we have transitioned over to Mosaic Media, um, where you can find me and my cohort, um, Tyler Louder, uh, talking fantasy football, dynasty football, anything football. Um, we have two, we just dropped two episodes uh, the past two weeks. Uh, it's really fun. This off season has been really exciting. Um, I actually was invited into the uh, one of the biggest fantasy football collective groups uh, called the Scott Fishbowl, uh, and I will be representing Mosaic Media on that. Uh, as Mark said, you can catch me back here uh, on the W2M Network with Mark reviewing the Lakers uh, miniseries on HBO Max, and then in two weeks... Uh, me and Amber will be joining back on the show as we review the Elvis movie and uh, Black Phone. I don't think Amber's going to be part of Black Phone, but she's definitely going to be here because she knows everything you want to know about Elvis. All right, that'll be fun. Robert, are you going to be able to see the Black Phone and Elvis in the same weekend? I will make <laughs> a good faith attempt to do so. All right. All right, Robert, what are you covering this weekend? Uh, AEW's Dark Elevation is already up. MLW, whatever they're doing on Thursday. WWE SmackDown on Friday. And UFC on ESPN 37 this Saturday. Uh, that is headlined by Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett. And I kind of got roped into covering uh, Impact Wrestling Slammiversary on Sunday. All of this pursuant to my computer not exploding between now and then. All right. Is there a Kickstarter that we can... Like a GoFundMe, maybe that we can all contribute to to help you with your computer woes. I don't I'm, look, I, I need you at a certain the, level of surly, and you're over it today, and I want to help you. So, like, you know, wh wh where do we send the money to get you a new computer? Uh, I'm not going to give my address out on the internet. That seems like a very bad idea. <laughs> How about nudes? Will you send nudes out on the internet? Because I know people who do that. No. Uh, all right. Um, it, look, if you want to set something up, I can't stop you. 
Um, <laughs> I'm just, it's, it's rapidly approaching the point when I need to kind of just replace the whole thing. So I'm going to keep babying it along and hopefully that the next restart will finish whatever technical thing is up with it. Uh, I don't know. I'm all right. <sighs> I need this stupid thing to work because if it doesn't, there's a lot of stuff I can't do like, you know, my jobs. Okay, well, before Robert has, like, a crisis of some sort on air, we're going to go. Thank you very much for being here on TAMU Hollywood. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> we we appreciate you. Uh, next week, Lightyear and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Hopefully you have a working computer by then. Until then, for the Teasleys, I'm Mark Radledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.